I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now he covers Tiger basketball for the commercial appeal. It's Jason Munns making the big interview. Award-winning writers, athletes, coaches, the biggest names in sports. It's the Gary Parish Show Big Interview on 92.9 FM ESPN. So, Munns, before we get into the basketball stuff, you were inside Coleman Coliseum last night. Two questions. Was it your first trip to Coleman Coliseum, and what did you make of the atmosphere? Boy, I'm really, really, like, we didn't even do, like, a pre-interview, and I'm super glad that you asked this. Uh, I've covered a game at Bryant-Denny. I've covered a baseball game at Alabama, but last night was my first basketball game to cover there. And honestly, like, people were talking about it was going to be a, a, they were expecting a sellout and this and that. I was skeptical, and it turned out that I was right. Uh, It was was pretty far from a sellout. I mean, I would say maybe nine, 10,000, something like that. But like, I was expecting a much more raucous atmosphere. Um, and there were a lot of students there, you know, I, I, granted, I wasn't sitting next to the student section, but, um, yeah, like St. Louis was, was pretty vicious, uh, a pretty vicious atmosphere. And I was expecting something on par with that, but like the way I, interpreted uh that crowd last night was that they were very impressed and very like they they respected the fight that memphis brought to this top five team i think that uh yeah like i think that was kind of the the overarching uh sentiment from the uh, from the crimson tide faithful last night so alabama wins the game 91 88 no moral victories i get it but Memphis this time yesterday was 26th at Ken Palm. Memphis is still 26th at Ken Palm. Memphis this time yesterday was 38th in the net. Memphis is now still 38th in the net. It didn't impact their computer numbers in any sort of meaningful way. So they are 8-3, and three, but last night's loss, the other two are certainly look questionable at this point, given what Seton Hall and St. Louis have done after beating Memphis. But this is an Alabama team that, as you know and have noted, had already beaten then number one North Carolina, then number one Houston, lone loss to UConn, top five team at home, and Memphis, despite DeAndre Williams fouling out, despite only making one three-pointer, was in the game late, literally a one-possession game. I never got the sense, and, and I'd, I'd be interested to get your take on this, there was never a moment where I was like, oh, wow, Memphis is going to win this. I always assumed Alabama would figure it out and win the game. But if it's possible to be a fan of a program the stature of Memphis and be encouraged by a loss, I do think it's reasonable to watch that last night and, and walk away 
encouraged or at the very least not upset. Right. I mean, there's there's a few things in my uh, in my mind to look at here, and the first one would be, uh, I mean, like honestly, I, I'm with you. I never once it got past a certain point, I never was like this. This is this is could be a thing, um, except for when Demarie Franklin spots up for the three pointer with like 19 seconds left or so. And I think they were down by five. And if he hits that, mm-hmm. uh, it's a two point game with what, you know, 18 seconds left or whatever. And then things kind of get, could get interesting at least, but it didn't play out that way. And, um, you know, it, 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 it ended up going on, but like, um, the the way I would, if I were a Memphis fan, the way I would read, you know, sort of like uh, digest what happened is like they they played. It wasn't necessarily anything that Alabama did. I mean, of course, they hit ten threes and whatever else. You know, got to the free throw line a ton. Um, you know, Alabama certainly did things that. Um, contributed to their win. But I think, in my opinion, there was more, it was more about what Memphis did to itself. Uh, DeAndre Williams fouling out, missing all those layups. Like, yeah, Alabama played good defense, but like when you miss nine layups in one half or, or even half of a half, that's kind of on you. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're beating yourself at that point. Um, they went one for 17 during one stretch in the first half. And I just feel like if I was a Memphis fan, I would be looking at this like Alabama didn't necessarily beat us. We kind of have ourselves to blame here. And I would look at that as an encouraging sign. Um, like all we got to do, and, and Kendrick Davis said this to me after the game, it, it, we're there. If we clean up a few things, we can be dangerous. And that's I, that, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, talking to Jason Munns from the Commercial Appeal. He was in co- inside Coleman Coliseum last night for Memphis's game with Alabama. Crimson Tide won at 91-88. Obviously, one of 12 from three is terrible. Memphis isn't a good three-point shooting team, but Memphis is better than that. I mean, that's 8%. Everybody's better than that. But um, at, at this point, is it is it clear to you that three-point shooting is not only never going to be a strength for this team – but it's actually going to be a weakness they're going to have to overcome. Yeah, I mean, as you said, they're not they're not that bad. They I think they actually had one other game already this year where they only hit one three-pointer. Right. That's so that's rare. They, to to play 40 minutes of basketball and only hit one three-pointer twice, like that's not normal. Yeah, and like uh, honestly, I could see that happening one or two more times <laughs> this year. But I could also see, I swear, um one of the last couple of games, I don't think it was the Auburn game. Maybe it was the Little Rock game or the Ole Miss game or something. But like they, they have had games where they have shot the ball really well. You know, reasonable, much better than eight percent from three. And so I think that's just what it's going to be all year. You know, like you're gonna, the, one day they might hit fifty percent of their three pointers in a game. One one day they might hit seven or eight. Um, and so I think that really is. Uh, learning how to, in the moment, adjust to overcome that is really going to be, I think, one of the keys to you know how far Memphis ultimately goes. Like if they, 
if they can recognize early on, like they didn't shoot a three. They didn't even attempt a three for the longest time last night. Um, you know, like seven, eight, nine minutes or something, whatever it was. Uh, so clearly they, they, they went in with a sort of a game plan to, to go, uh, you know, to, to live inside the arc. Um, but, but I think, yeah, no, I, I think if they go out on a given night and they realize that they're cold that night, being able to adjust and get away from that and, and sort of switch up the game plan, uh, on the fly is going to be, you know, if they can do that reasonably well, then I think that's going to go a long way toward, um, you know, toward, toward their success or failure this year. Talking to Jason Munns from the commercial appeal, you mentioned Demario Franklin made a season debut last night after being held out by the NCAA as he was seeking a waiver as a second time transfer. He played 18 minutes. He finished with 8.6 rebounds, one steal. What did you make of what you saw from uh, the newest, you know, uh, eligible member of the Memphis basketball program? I mean, there was some good and some bad. And in my mind, I thought there was more good than bad. Um, you know, like that, that the way he stepped up and took over when Kendrick Davis went, you know, he, he, he dinged his ankle again there late in the game. I think it was like 33 seconds left in the game or something. He tweaked that ankle again, has to go out and doesn't come back. Well, Demaria Franklin just said, all right, I got this and rattled off six points in a 13 second span that really, you know, got Memphis to the point where they had a fighter's chance. Uh, to, to possibly, you know, if there was going to be, if there was a possibility of something fluky happening and Memphis either tying that game or winning that game or whatever, uh, it was because of Demarie Franklin. I mean, he scored. He was three of. He took four field goal. He took four shots in a 13 second span. Made three of them. No steals during that time. Had an offensive rebound in there. Um, you know, I, I, I thought again there were some turnovers early in the game there were some miscommunication situations but by and large I mean like he played really good on defense I thought um and and uh, yeah like to me it was a very encouraging uh debut I mean he's he's not going to come in and be Kendrick Davis he's not even going to come in and be you know consistently as good as DeAndre Williams I wouldn't think but you know he could be close to that possibly and and again that that to me is a very encouraging sign for for uh, for Memphis. Now let's talk injuries. Kendrick Davis and Malcolm Dandridge both suffered injuries last night. It appears um, that Malcolm's is more serious than Kendrick Davis's. So let's start there. Malcolm Dandridge, seventeen minutes on the court, but left in pain. I know I read in your story that he had to leave on crutches. What do we know about Malcolm Dandridge at 4.35 p.m. Central on December 14th? Yeah, I mean, things have been kind of quiet. I've been, uh, I've been working to, uh, to, to get, you know, some more information, um, you know, all day today, and, and uh, things have been kind of quiet. That, to me, says – I mean, I don't want to jump to conclusions sure. by any stretch, but, like, based on the information that we have have to go on right now, based on what we saw um, in that game, I mean, he came down on that left ankle really hard, um, and, it, and it bent 
a, a way that you don't you don't like to see ankles bend and um you know and penny the way penny talked about it to to me and other reporters after the game you know he he seemed pretty discouraged um i think the the way he phrased it was it could be a while um and you know ankles are like that uh, especially if it's like a you know a high ankle sprain or whatever and that's kind of what it looked like to me so um i yeah i i unfortunately for for uh for memphis and cuz he was you know he was starting to you know, put together, string together some, some consistent, consistently, uh, he was becoming a consistent contributor. And, um, and now it looks like uh, he's going to be sidelined for a little bit. Uh, Penny, and this will be the last thing before I let you go. I appreciate your time, but Penny uh, seemed encouraged uh, about uh, Kendrick Davis. Like didn't think it would be um, a long-term thing. Seemed to suggest last night, Malcolm unlikely to play against Texas A&M. Kendrick Davis should be fine. So let's assume that he is. Um, 11 of 22 from the field last night. He is shooting a career-low percentage from three-point range, um, but is still, you know, an undeniably awesome college basketball player. Had 27 against Auburn um, over the weekend in a win, 30 points last night. Um, You know, obviously he's not going to, you know, average 28.5 points per game, which is what he's doing the past couple of games. But – for the most part, you know everything you hoped Kendrick Davis would be upon his transfer from SMU to Memphis. You've certainly seen that, and then some over these past couple of games, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you said it. I mean, like, see if you agree with me on this. Uh, talking specifically about the Alabama game, I thought the most impressive thing, like, forget about how you know, like, stacking points and whatever else. Like I thought the most impressive thing that he did was every single time it felt like Alabama looked like they were just about to put the game out of reach. Like they were just about to push the lead to double digits or they were just about to, you know, go on a a, a crazy run. Kendrick Davis snapped his fingers, went down and got a bucket. Like he, he, he just, he like, you know, pinned his ears back and said, I am not going to let this happen. And he went out and, you know, kept the momentum from getting way out of whack. I mean, that, that, that to me was the most impressive thing about what he did last night. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that doesn't exactly show up in a box score, although his box scores are very impressive. Uh, you know, he's, he's he, I think he had, what, five assists and three or four steals last night. So, yeah, he's... Uh, He's, he's every bit of as, as advertised, um, and he's very fun to watch. That is Jason Munns, Tiger basketball beat reporter for The Commercial Appeal. Um, you can read his stuff at commercialappeal.com. He filed last night from Coleman Coliseum, and you can follow him, of course, on Twitter at Munsley. That's at M-U-N-Z-L-Y. Thanks so much. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. See you all. Bye-bye. That's Jason Munns from The Commercial Appeal. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.